the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives, sponsored by RC Auto, me and myrc.com. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to a new edition, the next edition, however you want to say that, of Rescuers Radio Show through Faith Talk 1360. And my guest today, very, very happy to have uh, Julie Seppley, who's the CEO of House of Refuge, Sunny Slope, which is in far in uh, North Phoenix. And uh, welcome. Thank you, Art. Glad to be here. <laughs> Good to have you here. And I've known you for some time now. Yes. And, uh, and interacted a little bit on your campus. But uh, throughout the half hour, we really want to uh, open the doors to House of Refuge and, and give our audience a full view of what that is, uh, my my first question for you, though, I always like my have my audience uh, get to know my guests. Okay. So, how did you get here? How did how did you get to House of Refuge? Are you from Phoenix? Are you from somewhere else? Mm-hmm. So I'm not born in Phoenix, so I can't claim native status, but uh, I have lived here uh, most of my life since I was very young. Uh, So Phoenix is definitely home. And I spent about 30 years in the financial services industry here in Phoenix. And near the end of that time, I began volunteering at a place called House of Refuge Sunny Slope and very quickly fell in love with what they were doing and uh, felt God really tugging me to be involved in a different way. And they've been there 30... 33, 33 years. years yeah. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. So um, I want to I go back a little bit. You said financial services. Mm-hmm. Whoever thought our financial services in the United States would be as crazy as they are right now? We've seen a couple what going through of a couple all of these. Um, you know, it reminded me um, in 87 when the stock market moved so dramatically, of course, around 9-11 and then the recession of 08 and 09. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, we've seen that. This is just such a sudden, yeah. sudden cliff uh, for our economy But I am hopeful, and being in the work that we do through COVID uh, through the last few months, you know, we're seeing, we've continued to see parts of the economy continue to go, grow, not grow, but to move forward and and sustain employment. And we just hope that uh, that will be a quick recovery. Whoever would have imagined the, the number of unemployed right now in the United States. Yes. It's nearing 40 million. Yes. And, 
you know, if you look at where it was three months ago, it's probably the biggest move anyone um, has ever seen, and really no one could imagine. Yeah. And I know it's had, it has impacted House of Refuge, but aside from that right now, um, are those jobs, they're not automatically going to reopen. I mean, there's going to be, still be a lot of people without jobs at the end of this thing, I, I think. Yeah, we 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 hope that some of the, the segments in the economy that a lot of our residents are uh, employed in uh, will be okay. I think we're looking at the shift to working at home, especially our women that have maybe call center jobs and things yeah. like that. It's going to change. And so that means we're going to have to adapt of how we can accommodate their needs living within our program. So we're looking at that as well. Uh, a lot of the men have uh, labor jobs, and so those have still been in place for them. So we've been fortunate with that. But we also have a lot of people in the food in food industry and in the restaurant industry. That's a hard hit. Yeah, very That's much That's a so. real hard hit. Um, it, it, it's a mystery. You know, we're just going to have to watch how this all goes because mm-hmm. we don't know how, how it rolls out. God's got control. Yes. <laughs> and that's the blessing, you know. So um, uh, you're different than um, – your campus is not a homeless campus. It it employs – the people must have jobs to be there, correct? Correct. They don't work on our site. They work in jobs out in the community. But uh, we like to say that we are positioned – to catch people before they become homeless on the street. So they're still considered homeless because they don't have a place to go, but they've been figuring it out, couch surfing, doing different things. And we hope to catch them before they move into settling in to homelessness. And their facility are actually groups of houses Mm -hmm. where they actually live in their own or share a home, an apartment-like home. To explain that to us. Yeah. So um, we have, I'll back up just a little, we have okay. three programs, yeah. one for men, one for women, and one for single moms with kids. And so we have about 11 properties that will house those. And so it's less of, we have a few rooms that are more like dormitories, but the rest are apartments and homes so that they feel like uh, it is their home. So is that I want you to explain the core program because that you you invented that I think and you started that on campus? Yes, 33 years ago in the same spot wow. uh, this ministry was started and it has thrived over over those 33 years. And our uh, in Maricopa County every year there's about 5 to 7,000 homeless people. And we believe that there's two kinds of homelessness. There's the one where they need a place to stay, but there's also eternal homelessness. Yes. And our vision is that we reach out and address both of those needs with people and try and help both of them. Yeah. You know, if you listen to uh, national averages and, and what's spiking right now are dangerous, dangerous signs in our mm-hmm. in, in our um, in our neighborhoods and our cities. Uh, addictions are spiking, suicide is spiking, mm-hmm. and uh, and you don't want to see any any of your clients go backwards. You don't want to see them slip. But um, 
COVID is what it is. I mean, yes. they're isolated. They're locked down. Uh, that doesn't help, does it? It doesn't. And we're looking forward to, in June, uh, putting back some of the pieces we call community, which is a core of our program, just like having them uh, work outside of the ministry. But it's community. It's getting together with other people and building connections and growing in God's love and in his word. And so we have had to modify that completely, how we do Meals together, which is an important piece, and then teaching, Bible teaching, or studying God's Word together. So we've separated that and fractured that out into those multiple properties. And we're looking forward in June to bringing them back. And two weeks ago on the in our men's program, we restarted Celebrate Recovery oh. so that uh, we can begin connecting people back in with uh, equipping them. To stay in recovery. So you didn't actually clean the campus, in other words, having everyone move out through no. this time. Okay. We felt really strongly yeah. that uh, we wanted to continue to serve, but in a different way. We wanted to certainly comply with the guidelines that were out there to keep yeah. everybody healthy. Uh, so we really pivoted quickly and changed how we did all of that. And we were one of the few programs in Phoenix that continued to uh, intake new people as well, too. And we had some precautions set up on that, but we actually saw our headcount go up uh, over this time. And that's a good thing. That's a great thing, So uh, just to pick one part of COVID out, distancing, how Mm -hmm. in the world do you handle that? Because your campus is not the largest in the world. I mean, it's it's a compact campus. Yes. So on our main campus, uh, where we usually have a very large group of men for dinner and that we um, took it down just to the people that resided on that campus, which brought us in line with the 10 people. Uh, We no longer had volunteers that came in and participated in that. And then in our uh, various houses that we have, uh, we have the max we would have in any one house is five. And we address that um, as you would any family that lived together. So, you know, we had protocol in place to keep things clean and and that, but it was like a family living together. And so at any given time, the the largest group we would have fell at that 10 or minimum. Okay. Um, and, and I've been to the campus, so I know what it looks like mm-hmm. and the housing situation. And, and when it comes to meals, there's one room, one large room, which which is uh, meals and Bible studies right. and whatever mm-hmm. else you, you have, uh, special speakers or so forth. It's pretty tight. It is. And so uh, right now we're not able to return to that dining room. So we are working with um, the wonderful uh, church that is uh, next door to our property, Sunny Slope Mennonite Church. And they are opening. Did they actually start the program? They did. Yeah. Our founder was a member of that church. And so that uh, church birthed our uh, ministry, and we've continued to work closely with them. And so they're opening up their fellowship hall to us so that at least two nights a week, we have enough, we can social distance to do that. And as you saw, you've been there, um, it was very tight pre-COVID. 
So, and we recognized that strategically we needed to do some uh, growth in that area to expand or build to have a bigger room. And I believe now with COVID, it's going to be essential that we do that. So that's what we're uh, facing and looking at and praying about. Absolutely. And um, so you you have working adults. Um, they, they actually go to work and then come back to the mm-hmm. campus every day? Correct. Mm-hmm. They're required to work full time and off campus. And we believe that helps them transition when they leave us. They already have a job in place, or maybe they've had one job and during the time they stay with us, they've moved up, they've gotten a promotion, or they've acquired some skills that allows them to move up in a job so that they're better positioned to live independently. We we hope and pray and yes. work very hard that we are the last program that they ever live in. Yeah, and certainly we hope that all the jobs come back. Yes. And mm-hmm. and new new opportunities open up as well. But but that's a good that's a good uh, way to look at that that we'd rather you find something that really you don't have to live here anymore. You you're, yes. on, you're on your own. Right. You're, you're stable mm-hmm. and earning enough uh for lifestyle. Um I'm going to be back in 60 seconds. I have a, a, a very vital message of our for our sponsor of Rescuers Radio Show. One of my greatest joys in life has been obtaining a vehicle from RC Auto. Yes, I said a joy in reference to buying or leasing a vehicle. Instead of walking into a car dealership lot and facing a horde of vultures waiting for you, you are invited into a calm, friendly office where you will be asked things like, what have you been driving? What are you looking for? What is your budget? That's when the car buying or leasing experience changes into an easy educational experience. RC Auto is not a typical car or truck dealership, so they have the advantage of seeking different brands like Toyota, Lexus, Subaru, and more from a broad selection from sources that you never have to visit or arm wrestle a salesperson for. The joy is not being sold, but educated into the right decision for you. For your next vehicle, go to RC Auto, where it's more than just an exchange of keys. It's a relationship. Make an appointment today at meandmyrc.com. Now we can continue. Great. Yeah. So, um, COVID, we, we, there's so many unknowns right now. And um, you mentioned that Celebrate Recovery is, is new to the campus or that was there? No, we had paused that okay. during COVID. Okay. And we've been able to still stay within the guidelines, but yeah. bring that back. And you had mentioned how, you know, just the people in recovery are so much at risk yes, right now. Absolutely. And so we were glad to have that back. And then, as I said, next week, um, or as June uh, opens up, we will be able to do more of that community bringing people together so that we keep them connected and not in isolation. And many of the people, men and women, that uh, have found a place with us are recovering from something. And it's not necessarily... uh, drugs or alcohol it can be but it can be from other things as well too so uh and there's counselors involved uh we do have volunteers that come and provide counseling to our residents as well and then we do our our program managers meet with 
the residents and do a lot of uh, goal setting and planning. And uh, that helps to kind of propel them, again, to be better prepared to leave. So when a man or woman comes to House of Refuge, should they have already been through a recovery treatment recovery program or they find that with Celebrate Recovery? Yeah. No, we are a post um, recovery uh, program. And so anyone that is actively in addiction or actively in domestic violence or actively experiencing a behavioral health crisis, we would refer them to people that are experts in that field. And then after they've gone through that and been equipped, then we would be a great place for them to come next before they go out on their own. And I think about Art, Art, one of the, uh, we say we do three simple things. We love, we house, and we equip. And that equip is that big piece of getting them ready for the next step. Yeah. Well, there's there's so many things that people that that have mental issues or or um, addiction issues, and uh, they thought they were okay going into this. Maybe not so much right now, but domestic violence is also mm-hmm. uh, we hear that uh, rising. And and if you talk to law enforcement and um and so forth you'll you'll see those numbers are are jumping so i i just really hope that house of refuge um finds a finds a way to to comfortably bring be, bring people back get them into a better lifestyle situation than maybe what what they've ha- they've gone through yes it's tough on everybody mm-hmm. but um and and, and you know, here in the United States, we've, you know, we, we've never been through this before, but neither has any country in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and we hear things like, um, you know, biblically, there's been times through the, through the Bible where God has shaken the world, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And this, this is one of those times. And, and, uh, and we really need to pay attention, um, you know, we're asked to follow our leaders, whether it be the president or vice president or a governor or a mayor. They're 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 trying their best, I think, and they're creating it as they go. Right. It's, sure. <laughs> there's no there's no pat answer on how to do this mm-hmm. or, or a simple way. Anyway, it's very complicated and very. Yes. Complex. And information is moving so fast and so quickly. Yeah. So you you feel good about the future of House of Refuge, though you seem very positive. Yes, we we have felt very supported through uh, prayers. People that are uh, our family and friends of the ministry, if you will, feel very supported by prayer. We had a few uh, fundraising pieces that we had already planned before this, and we went ahead with those, and God's people responded nice. uh, very nicely with that. And uh, we we feel like we've been able to uh, keep most of our residents on track where we had worried that we would have uh, more unemployed and more relapses, and we've had a few cases, but not much. And I think of some of the people I know that are there that have gotten stronger through this. And I'd love to share a story with sure. you. Yeah. Uh, one woman that came to us a little over a year ago into our women's program. 
and she did not have custody of her young son at that time. She worked very hard to get it back, and then she was able to get him back in custody. She flipped over to our single mom's program. So she was able to stay in the same community that had supported her. And uh, during this time, right before COVID, she was making a transition into education and getting a certification as a behavioral health technician. And, you know, (laughs) COVID could have put that aside. And it was great to see her continue online to study, to do what she needs to do, to pass the certification. And now she's actively looking for work in that field. And that puts her much more on a career path than a job. And it's been great to see her respond during COVID in that way. Did you or anyone around you that you know have any idea what Zoom was? Before uh, <laughs> a little before bit, all of this, I had zoomed a little before this. My goodness, we should, we all should have invested in that stock. But anyway, um, uh, you mentioned this early on. But having meetings, board meetings, committee meetings, Bible studies. Um, I lead a, a Bible study that I've been going. It's been going on for years, and we do it all by Zoom now. Yes, and so that we. I can't in my mind figure out what's going to what is this going to be like at the end? Uh, Are we still going to have electronic meetings? Is that going to take place of a lot of board meetings or uh, who knows? Right. And we did. We've done uh, one board meeting on Zoom. We've done all of our Bible studies Mm -hmm. on Zoom, life skills classes on Zoom, um, coaching sessions on Zoom. So we have used that quite a bit. And I hope we'll get back to using a mixture that we can have in-person connections. But for people that need that Zoom, that we can add them in as needed as well. Well, and and I think uh, I'm not acutely aware of how they operate, but but it's been fun because we're uh, uh, we are we my wife and I both are. what do you call it? We have a membership, I guess it's what it's called, but we pay a monthly fee to have zoom and, um, and almost weekly they're coming out with new security packages. They are. <laughs> they're They've growing so quickly. fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, um, and you can be talking to somebody in another country to as easy as you can mm-hmm. here, getting on new ideas and new ways to do things. But, um, well, I just, I just hope that, I'm I'm really glad to hear that you've maintained uh, residence yes. through all of this. Mm-hmm. We are very happy with that. And as I said, we've had a few setbacks. But uh, at the beginning, uh, we wondered. And, of course, we really prayed that God would bring us through with some outcomes. And he certainly has. Yeah. We feel stable. We feel secure with the people are there. And we're glad that we are caring for more people now than we were at the beginning, that we were able to bring new people in and provide them a home during such a scary, critical time. So is the rollout from the governor or mayor or whoever is doing that for each each city and town, are they rolling as they roll out? Are you is that getting in your way or is it enhancing what you're doing? No. And, you know, we were considered an essential service. Good. So we were able to do most of, you know, with modifications, yeah. do most of what we do. And so uh, we are just 
doing a little more now as the governor is working through the different phases. So we will continue to expand what we can offer each time as those phases open up. Sure. And it's not going to be a fast process. No. <laughs> no. Um, so I, I have a question for you. We're, we're almost to our last minute, about a minute and a half. But, um, you know, COVID, if, if nothing else, we've seen the worst in people. We've seen the best in people. Um, we know that God has this. We, we don't know how it's going to look like when we come out. But it's creating stories. What will your story be at the end of COVID? You know, our team talked about this yesterday, and we talked about a verse uh, that talked about when God calls you, not shirking back. And I think that's our story of our team, is uh, we stayed firm and we stayed strong, which so much support from God and from his people. But I think it's that we uh, stayed strong and stayed present in the community we serve. Julie, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Art. Thank you for being here on Rescuers, Faith Talk Radio 1360. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Sponsored by RC Auto, where it's not just an exchange of keys, it's a relationship.